What's up, MindFlux crew? Welcome to the club. You're here to get inspired, to get entertained, to work on yourself, to hear the stories of lots of people from different backgrounds. And that's what we're going to do. Work on our mind, body, and soul. So stay tuned. Okay, so here we go. Welcome back. This episode, as I told you, we're going to talk about the ego. So bear with me. Basically, what I'm trying to do in this podcast is a compilation of different books and studies I read that led me to where I am today. All of this time, I was thinking, how am I going to remember all this information? I cannot have like a pile of books filled with sticky notes and come back to it whenever I need it. It's too much. I need a way that it's easy to get back to the information, to remember it when I need it. Um, that's when I had the answer. I'll put it in a podcast where I can find everything again. I can listen to it when I need it. Even if I'm walking the dog, taking a bath, cooking, although I'm not a great cook. And then I said, um, this can help others as well. Because I know from talking to a lot of my friends that we're at this age, you know, late 20s, early 30s, where we're going through a lot of changes or establishing the lives we want, and we all encounter challenges. So I was reading a book called The Magic of Manifesting, and at the very beginning, it talked about the ego. So in order to understand the ego, we have to start talking about the concept of time. Because the ego needs the construct of time in order to grow. Our world, of course, is built around the concept of time. For instance, in my culture, we believe at 18, we should be in university. At 24, we should have a stable job. By 28, we should be married. Before 30, we should have our own kids. And on and on. And I'm sure that in every culture, there's like different standards. So the concept of time causes a ton of conflict because it creates an illusion as to where we should be in our lives, depending on time. So for instance, I have a friend, shout out to him, my best friend. He lives in Canada. And I remember he thought that he had to do certain things at a certain time because that was expected of him, you know go work at a law firm, do a master's of law. And he changed all of that and we will have him in another episode. Yes, I'm pressuring you into coming. So we have to start by saying time is a made-up construct that we created to bring order into our lives. To know when to go to bed, how many years you have to be in high school, how many years law school lasts, etc. It brings a certain order, you know, And it helps when you go to a job interview, they kind of like see where you're at, how many years of professional experience you have. So they're like, we need someone with seven plus years of professional experience, which is ridiculous, you know, because time does not tell how much experience someone has, you know, maybe someone did something amazing with zero experience. I did that when I graduated university. I had someone who believed in me and I became an advisor to Columbia's Data Protection Authority. I was 23, you know, and I had zero experience. So it's not about time, but that's how society builds it. Okay, so um, a lot of people also live in the past or the future, but reality is that the only time that exists is the current time, the now. 
And it's the only moment we have to change, to manifest, to evolve, to grow. You cannot grow in the past. What are you going to do? Go back in time and change everything? You cannot. Accept the past and focus on the present, which will lead you to your future. Because also, if you only focus on the future, you forget living in the present. You won't live. That's the reality. And so you cannot manifest your life in the past. You have to manifest it in the present with views towards the now and the future. This basically means that if we reject the present moment, we're rejecting reality and rejecting the possibility of manifesting anything we desire. And now science is recognizing this, that time is not linear, but it is constant. It never changes, and it's always here and now. And that's why science has given more and more importance to the present moment. And if you're a nerd and you want to read about it, Stephen Hawking, Einstein, Dr. David Baum, okay, all of them are doctors, actually. <laughs> They all talk about the importance of the present moment in science, you know, and physics. And now that we understand a bit the concept of time, we will see why time created this thing called the ego, which holds us hostage from our dream life. So the ego needs time to grow. It needs the construct of time. And it can influence the direction of our lives if we allow it to. Basically, the ego peeks into the future. And okay, so what is the future like? And projects similar positive or negative images, all of them exaggerated in order to build itself up. Some of you might think that the ego is fed by positivity or negativity. But in reality, our ego is fed by drama and emotional turmoil. Because that's when we will listen to our ego in the shape of our inner voice. So... I'm going to give you an example. When we hear someone creates their own company, for instance, instead of feeling happy for them, we might feel that we're stuck in life. We hate our job. Why aren't we doing that? Why someone else is succeeding? And this is the ego talking. It creates emotional turmoil. It does not allow us to feel happy for the other person. If you think about it, the ego loves judging and labeling all sorts of things. This means that the ego will place itself as inferior or superior to the object being judged. If you see yourself in this frame of mind, comparing your progress to others, thinking that you're inferior or superior to something you have, you just have to snap out of it or else this will perpetuate you into a life where your ego takes control. That's why it's important to not think, okay, I'm 28 and I haven't bought an apartment. I'm a failure because my friends did or something like that. You know, that's the ego talking. You snap out of it. And now I'm going to give you the best example I can give you, which is like what I'm going through right now. So I'm a lawyer and according to my ego and to everything, Working for the United Nations was the best thing for my CV, for my future, you know, recognition, appraisal. Not only did I have diplomatic immunity, but I was living in an amazing country where everyone dreams to live. It's safe. And oh my God, it's the most expensive place in the world. Blah, blah, blah. This all fits the ego. You know, you feel like you succeeded in life and you're not yet 30. But in reality... 
I was deeply unhappy, and I was unhappy since I started working there, and I kept going for three and a half years, and it was my ego, the one that was taking control of my life. I always wanted to be my own boss, and instead of doing that, I was doing what will look amazing in my CV, what will make people be proud of me, what will make people respect me and. Honestly, even if you don't acknowledge it, it's like it will make you look superior, you know, like oh, you succeeded in life, you're superior. So the ego was in control of my life, and not only was I not manifesting the life I wanted, but I stopped thinking about what I wanted to do, and I just went with the flow. But going with the flow was really going where the ego took me. It was only when I allowed myself to accept that quitting does not mean I'm less than, quitting does not mean I failed, quitting does not mean I'm a loser, quitting means I'm brave. I'm brave because I can snap out of the ego control and I can now manifest the life I want. And that's what I did. I ignored my ego. And it's hard because then everyone asks you, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I, I just quit my job. And your ego makes you think that everyone is judging you. And you start judging yourself. And you feel bad about saying that you quit. And this creates turmoil and drama. And the ego loves drama. So you start thinking, okay, maybe I should get another job. Maybe I shouldn't try to do my own thing. Because then people will look at me weirdly. You know what? That's the ego talking. When the ego paints itself as the victim of unfortunate circumstances and complains about how nothing ever goes right, this is drama. And this is something that does not allow us to continue. So when people start saying, why me? Why can't I succeed? Why did everyone get a job except for me? Why are they in a law firm and I'm not? Why does she have two kids and is married and I'm not? We start playing the victim card instead of thinking, hmm, maybe that's not my path. Maybe... I have to see what I really want out of life. Is what the other person have what I want? Or am I just saying, why not me? Because I feel that that's what I should have based on society and what my ego thinks. So, you know, victim behavior is food for the ego. Because by focusing on the wrongdoing, so what they did wrong for us, they didn't give me the job. They didn't give me the promotion. I deserved it this and that, it directs your energy towards these thoughts. And you have the perception that the obstacle is bigger than it actually is. This happened to me. I was saying I cannot quit because ah, what if I fail starting my own business? I won't have the money. I will leave Switzerland. I will always stay in this, let's say, poor person mentality saying I don't have the money so I cannot quit because I don't have a safety net. Although in reality, I did have a safety net, but this is what the ego made me believe. I don't have a safety net. I'm trapped. And I directed all of my energy towards thinking I'm trapped. I cannot quit. I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay and I'm going to navigate through it and I'm going to suffer through it. And it's fine. Instead of finding ways to quit, to not be trapped, to have a different source of income, I stayed. I'm using this example of quitting my job because this is where I really understood what the ego was all about and how it stopped me from living the life I wanted to live and being ultimately happy and ultimately myself. 
As you can see, like from my example, when the ego makes the obstacle look bigger, it intensifies the strength of the obstacle and the ego prolongs its control of your life. I mean, in my case, it was literally 3.5 years because the ego prolongs the control and I felt I had no choice but to stay in my job. It's funny though, because all throughout my master's, I did not apply to a single job. I always knew I wanted to take over my dad's law firm, build my own thing, you know, grow it, etc. And then when I got a job, I held onto it as if it was my dream and what I wanted. And it took control of my life and my destiny. I mean, I'm thankful because I met my now husband by staying in that job, but I also acknowledge that it was my ego talking, you know. And, um, and I learned a lot, but I did overstate at that job. So, you know, when someone tells you, whatever you want is possible, you just have to sit down, plan for it and make steps. The ego is challenged and it will react in the only way it knows, creating drama. When my dad told me, you can quit, you can do what you want. You have a safety net here. We will support you. <gasps> for me, it was like the worst insult, although it was what I wanted deep down. It was like failure knocking at my door. It was like giving up and I fought even harder to stay in the job. At the end of the day, if I think about, about it, like my dad was giving me the way out, the solution I needed and I wanted to create the life I really, really wanted, not the one my ego was projecting. But listening to someone say that, I wasn't ready to accept it. And then when I got married, my husband said the same. You know, you can quit. It's okay. It's fine. You're going to quit. And as soon as he said it, I was like, no, no, I cannot quit. I cannot quit. It's like you see the way out and the ego says, oh, no, 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 no. There's no drama over there. Let's create some drama. Let's keep this party going. But you know, everything happens for a reason. And in my process... I got into a shoulder accident and I started to question everything. Before my shoulder accident, I was afraid of free time. I was afraid of getting inside my head and thinking and analyzing and just like growing, I think, and mentally and physically evolving, you know? So I hadn't had free time since 2013 because all throughout law school I did summer schools, uh, not only in the university where I was studying, but I also traveled to London for summer schools. So I was always, always busy. And during Christmas holidays, I will work at my dad's law firm. So I was always busy. That's the reality. I didn't want free time. And then when I was put on sick leave for the shoulder, I was happy. I was at peace. I went back to reading books, to diving into knowledge, watching documentaries, reading about history, war, international affairs, even the Everest, you know, all these things that are truly passionate to me. And I realized I had been stuck in a life that was not true to who I am. I realized the present moment is the only moment that exists fully, you know, and you have to devote yourself to it wholeheartedly. And let the ego keep making noise in the background. So when my sick leave was over, my husband told me, you're depressed. And I mean, clinically depressed. This job is going to kill you. You were happier when you were in bed and couldn't do anything. And that was like eye-opening for me because I did realize I was taking naps. 
I'm hyperactive. I shouldn't be able to take naps and then sleep and sleep and sleep, which is always a sign of depression. I was crying. I was like isolating myself. And I realized I was getting back into my old ways. But now my body, like something inside of me, was not willing to fully listen to my ego. So when the ego said, let's go, it's time to go back, there was something inside of me that was like, no, I don't want to go back. And my body reacted to it. I was literally depressed. I, I just wanted to sleep. I had no energy. And, um, and I realized my body is fighting my ego. And it wasn't the first time it did it, actually. Because when I was younger... My dad um, sent my CV to our Supreme Court and because he was there before. And they called him, all of his colleagues, to congratulate him because my CV was amazing and they wanted me to join. Not as a Supreme Justice, of course, but like <laughs> to work there, which is like a privilege and an honor. And my dad was so happy about it. And he was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And the ego was like, wow, this is amazing, you know, and I'm getting recognition and I'm important. And then my body was like, no. We said we were only going to stay in Bogotá, which is another city, for five years. We've been unhappy for five years. We, we're leaving. We're not taking this job. And it's like something inside of me said, we cannot listen to the ego because we have to save your physical and mental health. And I just left. I didn't, I couldn't explain it. I just like, I said, I cannot do it. I got into a plane with nothing but like my wallet and my phone and never returned. And I, I even refused to return to pack my things. That was like the level of, of, you know, like trauma and everything. So, so this happened again. And this time I realized it was my body talking against the ego, you know, And it was my body saying, no, we're not doing it anymore. Ego, I see you, I recognize you, but we're quitting. Like, it was literally like an inner struggle. And I, I knew that I had to let the ego make noise in the background and quit my job. I accept, you know, that I have an ego just like everyone else. I observe its existence, but I do not listen to it anymore. I focus on how to get past it by focusing on the present and what I want, not on the drama, not on staying and being unhappy. It has been 24 days since I quit. I have not shed a single tear. I have not taken a single nap during daytime. And although sometimes my ego tries to tell me, oh, it was wrong, look for a job, don't do your own thing, you're going to fail, look at your friends, they all have stable jobs. What are people going to think when you say you're doing your own thing? I remember, hey, that's not my path. My path is to create my own life, be my own boss, and to be mentally and physically healthy. Because now, for me, mental health is more important than what the ego has to say. And I silence my ego. And I hope after listening to this, you can do the same. Because maybe you're applying to jobs and nothing is happening, and you're like, why me? You know, and your ego's telling you you're not good enough. Or you're not doing the right thing, or you're in a job you hate, but your ego tells you, oh, you're at, I don't know, a top law firm, or you're in the most amazing company in the world, so you cannot quit. Hey, you can quit. You can always quit. You know? 
even if you think it's bad, quit. If you have the possibility of quitting, you know, if you have a safety net, if you have something, if you have a plan, quit. If not, start silencing your ego. And while you keep working at that place you don't like, you make your exit plan and then you move. And I hope this helps you. And I will see you, my Fluxers, next week. Bye-bye.